0: The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent
1: the We just lost that one at the end, but uh, what it said is that our opinions do not uh, mean anything. (laughs)
2: <laughs> didn't you I say that's we, what the disclaimer is i think we do need food they do not represent the views of the station it's just right. us three just the three of us idiots
0: right yeah that, that's all that's all it. that all it is that is all it is.
2: oh
1: so uh I, i'm big d coming to you from western mass where it is cold uh matt uh from also from western mass how it's cold where you are isn't it Shirley. Chilly, a little, a little bit of. Ice. I don't know. Fifteen degrees today felt like it was beyond chilly. It was, you know,
0: cold. It was colder, it was colder last week. Like my mornings going to school the last, maybe like two weeks ago, it was single digits. It was cold, but yeah, I've got a little ice. Jill had a little trouble opening up her car this morning, bringing the boys to basketball. It's cold.
2: Uh, I'm glad they're doing basketball. That's great. That's great. A Cu- couple of dummies you guys are. It was fifty-five and sunny here yesterday. Shorts and a sweatshirt.
1: <laughs> I used to live in Florida. That's what I liked about Florida too. You basically you needed two pairs of shorts and two t shirts for now. That, that's the extent of your clothes you needed for the year. The, <laughs> it the was great. The,
2: the first year I moved to California, I was about twenty-two. I went down to LA for Thanksgiving to have dinner with my my uncle and my cousins and we were walking on the beach at you know in shorts and t-shirts on thanksgiving day and he just turned to me he said why would anybody want to live anywhere other than here and it took me years to like i kept moving back to cold places and i keep coming back here but i'm too old now to to suffer through a real winter ever again well
1: but l- let me at
2: least you know, I think that living in
1: Massachusetts is really one of the best states to live in in the country. Yes, Southern California is hard to beat. Oregon and Washington are pretty nice, um, and there's a few other places that are that are pretty nice. So, but what do you, you love
2: is, about you love the ridiculously high cost of living or the taxes? No, which which do you prefer? Neither, or the brutal, but, win, or the brutal
1: winters. No, how the, about how about the intelligent uh, state in which we live in, in which we do things right? Um, how about the fact that we have seasons
2: that are different? Um, um, I, don't, I, have I, no use, I have no use for the cold, wet seasons. I just want the warm ones. Hey,
1: It's life. That's what life is. First, you have hot thing and then it cools off and then it gets really cold and then it gets nice again that's that's life in the it's real world torture in
2: why expose yourself to it unnecessarily and there are other states that do things right in the respects that you're talking about that yeah. are you know right. it's, and, but and not if, all 50 that's for sure that is definitely for sure the thing is though in any of the states if you get too far outside a a, a metropolitan area you're in a different world so i think it's not so it's, much in massachusetts not so much
1: in massachusetts uh, we've got
2: a, i mean we've got some hicks but not that many yeah the uh, you're right that doesn't really start to get to i think western pennsylvania like that there's that northern that northeastern yeah. peninsula almost of the country from like you know the middle of new york from like the hudson valley up that is pretty much all red fortunately so right. you, are, you are in a little bit of a safe zone there but so am i in portland it's just uh yeah anyway so what do we got to talk about today matt oh good lord
0: uh, there, there, it's been a quiet quiet kind of week you know <laughs> i think there's a big football game going on i don't I, you know there might be some other news in the nfl going on baseball seems to be doing nothing literally nothing
2: well uh, at least they're having a meeting or two it was it was your Giants, Matt. It was your Giants that effed everything up.
0: No, it was Bill Belichick that messed everything
2: up. <laughs> Bill Belichick doing the same old man texting thing that I did three times that week, yeah. in, in like consecutive conversations. So
1: explain, I, you know, I I sort of understand this controversy over his text, but explain it to the rest of us who are no, not. Let's go. Quite let's up go
0: through. There, and there's listen. There's... We're talking
1: about Brian Dable, right?
0: No, well, he's I mean, there really are a lot of entangled stories going on here. It's not as as clean cut as like this is what happened. But long story short, um, Brian Flores, the former coach of the Miami Dolphins, is suing the NFL and naming three teams in a racial discrimination lawsuit.
2: I think he actually. I think actually all thirty-two teams are are on this are on the suit. I know well, he maybe. mentioned the,
0: well, because it's the whole but NFL, three
2: that are picked out,
0: but I think he named the Denver Broncos, the New York Giants, and the Miami Dolphins, um in particular, and um, his claim is that there's the racial discrimination in the hiring process, and the Giants and Broncos only called him in to fulfill the Rooney rule quota, which is uh, any any new hire in the NFL at least one minority um, applicant or not maybe applicant is the wrong word uh, but one Can, in candidate.
2: Candidate, one, candidate. One candidate you have to interview one minority candidate interview
0: one minority candidate for the rule and so his is Brian Flores's complaint is that the Giants and the Broncos only interviewed him to fulfill that quota and and um, so
2: far everything you said to, to everything you said i would say no duh like the, all that seems pretty i mean it's pretty obvious if you observe the league observe the hiring process we see all the time where you the team definitely has made up their mind and then they bring in the minority candidate to do a token interview uh, you know I use that word deliberately
1: so no, nobody's going to dispute that the rooney rule has not worked
2: Correct. Right. At least none of the three of us are. There are people out there that are disputing it, but not, yeah,
0: none of us. Like the Rooney rule, yeah, it doesn't work. And and I think it, it almost misses the mark a little bit on what it's trying to accomplish. Um, I, I there, We spoke about this years ago. I remember, I think right around the, the beginning of the pandemic and and, you know, there was talk because, again, it was another cycle where the NFL was not hiring any minority coaches and the idea of, well, should they be offered draft picks, you know, for hiring minorities? And, you know, I, I kind of, I don't like, I didn't like that at the time. I thought that would, it, it, I don't know, it seemed too childish. But then again, another layer of this, Brian Flores, is well, you have owners who are now trying to bribe their head coaches. To lose. Yeah, let's.
2: Yeah, can we but set they, that aside that, for now? Can we? Yeah, that's, not a, yeah, shock, that's a whole other really show. On, on. But yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a great one. But right, stay on.
0: Right, right. So, this, but I think
1: he's really opened a can of worms that needed to be opened.
0: Yeah, but but see the the NFL has. The, the issue that they have, I think, in their hiring process is it's more of a good old boy kind of system. Mm-hmm. It's a system of, I'm going to hire a guy that I know. And the problem is that the network of who you know is is missing a lot of minority people in that network. But that, see, that's, and, what I,
2: that's what I don't understand, because these guys, they're in football. They're right damn in front of you there's no shortage of candidates and i feel like they're hiding behind the the owners are hiding behind the rooney rule the fact that they can trot out again i'm going to use the word deliberately a token minority candidate for these jobs that they have no intention of giving the job sorry i need to calm down (laughs) but they when they when they came up with the rooney rule it was just to cover so they do that and that satisfies the rule there needs to be a, I don't know whether it's a, you, the obvious answer is there need to be some more minor, minority owners, but Shad Khan isn't hiring a black head coach. He's hiring Doug Peterson. So I don't know. I, you know, there needs to be a, like you said, you
1: Matt, Joe it's really the owners they're billionaire white people, basically.
2: But it's, but it's both. Cause then the, like Matt said, the networks of the people that are doing the hiring are they're gonna hire their buddies, and if you're white, your buddies are white.
1: But I never, I never kind of got it, you know. Like somebody bombed out like in two straight
2: places, and then you hire him. It's like, what are you doing? You know, take a chance on somebody new. And that's why it just seems so egregious this year, right? Because there are three top notch. You, know, you got uh, Leslie Frazier, and uh, Flores, and uh, Byron Leftwich. All of whom should be head coaches in the NFL, and now what we've did got- Brian
1: Flores do to not get rehired? He had good record.
2: Yeah, well, Miami's a, Miami's a disaster. That that, yeah, that ownership. but still, it wasn't. I mean, he did a good job coaching. He did, but that ownership is a train wreck, and that's that's where we are. There's aside from aside from the structural problems, there are a lot of franchises, and Matt, Matt, you point this out all the time, that are just poorly run. That the ownership is just bad.
0: Yeah. And I think I, I I don't haven't seen a concrete reason yet, but it sounded like Brian Flores was more let go, at, at they him and ownership never saw eye to eye, and, and it possibly could stem from this. Hey, I'll give you hundred thousand dollars to lose, kind of thing. Um, so it <laughs> seems like it. I mean, the stories were it, it surrounded around um, the owner of the Dolphins wanting him to basically break some laws. Um, you know, rules around meeting with Deshaun Watson um, and the owner kind of tricked him into meeting with Deshaun Watson on a yacht. That's one story that's out there. Um, Brian Flores did or didn't want to, you know, think that Tua was the direction for the Miami Dolphins ownership, wanted Tua there. And so Brian Flores kind of felt like I can't win with Tua. I'm not going to be here. So it was kind of like that mutual thing with the Dolphins.
1: Now, staying on two, Tua just a second, do you think you can win with Tua?
0: I, I don't,
1: I don't bl- feel, we'll feel too strong some, about him. Again,
0: there, there's a lot of layers here. I mean, win what? Win can games. Win, sure. Can you win playoff games with Tua? Maybe not. Again, that's where I, I said this before, too what an owner wants out of his team and what the fans want out of their team they cheer for are two totally different things. An owner.
1: So you're a Giants fan. What do you want out of your team as a fan?
0: I want my team to win. Right. I don't care. I don't care how much they, I don't care. It's not my money, right? I don't care how much the owner spends. I don't care if he's at the cap limit. I don't care. If if
1: you were a Patriots fan, I'm just if, if you were, you would be happy with Belichick. Even if you think he's a big jerk
0: yeah like as a fan you want your team to win but there are owners who i don't care if you i win hey tank i'll give you extra money i want a draft pick so i can make money on the guy like so so do you believe also, that you believe, yeah, that, you believe yeah, that, it that depends on which
2: it depends on what you mean by big jerk too if you mean by a racist if you mean by a, a coach who hits his players then no if you right. mean he's cantankerous right. with the media and he's gives short answers to to interview questions I don't give a crap. Right, I don't either.
1: Yeah. And I don't think there's no indication that, um, that Belichick is um, a racist at all. I well, don't
2: think uh, that's, I mean, that's yeah. That's, I don't think that's even in question, but let's, let's, yeah. can we get back to the important part of this? Right. Yeah. So, which is, which is a coach kind of in his prime almost, even though he didn't have a job at the moment is basically sacrificing his career for a, for a cause. And like, I don't know where on the, you know, Kaepernick Ali scale, this is eventually going to fall, but I guess a lot of that depends on the outcome here. And that's what I'm curious to, to hear what you guys think about. Like what, Wait a is, minute, what
1: scale did you just say? Kaepernick, the Ali? Kaepernick
2: to Ali, like Muhammad Ali giving up his career in the prime of his, wow. prime of his career to not.
1: Wow. That's a pretty neat reference.
2: <laughs> Thanks. I just made that up on the spot. Yeah, that was pretty good. All right. Anyway, so I'm I'm curious to know. And you know, I, talking
1: about Ali would be a lot of fun someday. <laughs> I
0: don't, don't have much do, to go there, but
2: oh boy, right he, he
1: was he was <laughs> brilliant. He was just brilliant, and he got so mistreated
2: for being against, against me.
1: the Vietnam War. It was gross.
2: My parents met him in an elevator in Atlantic City, oh, and well. they said he had like three bodyguards around him that were twice his size.
0: He he doesn't seem like the type of guy that would need it, but. He was, he I was think back
2: team. then there were a lot of people. I mean, this was probably yeah. No, yeah, 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 yeah. 68, 69, there were probably a lot of people trying to do them. Malcolm X so. got killed. You know, there was a yeah. lot of uh anyway, back to back to back to Matt's Matt's franchise wrecking football
0: forever. But see, I don't know. I think in in general, the NFL does have an issue with their hiring process. I don't know how you can can dispute that. it it, i i think like the argument that someone can make as well hey they can hire who they want and sure and and that is sort of the issue they're hiring who they know who they want
2: the solution is really simple to me in my brain and i don't know why i mean i I know why it's but the solution is just hire more minorities that's the friggin' solution the like said the candidates are out there and it's, it's not going to happen until we replace the human beings that are in those positions
0: with other human beings, maybe younger human beings. I think the, the solution is to hire more minorities in the front office GM, because yeah. then that, then what you're doing is, is changing that good old boy network um, in, in the it, it, specifically with the giants and, and you, and, and look, I, I have honestly done a lot of reflecting and thinking about this i I, like you will both know anyone who listens know i'm a giant fan and so i'm sure there are some big blue shaded glasses that i'm wearing but (laughs) right i I also i'm not going to sit here and be like yeah the giants were racist in this process yeah sure like I, I can't jump to that conclusion right away. And Joe, I know you're gonna but hear me out. I mean, here's a team and here's no, ownership. No, no. I'm actually
2: I'm actually I'm actually with you because I know the Maras worked with, with the, Rooney the Rooney family Reese. to get the Rooney rule in place. So right. I, I'm not I'm not ready to just sort of paint the Giants as a racist organization, but they're part of a system where these decisions, where racist decisions are the default, and that's where we're stuck. And it's not there, it's not them out there saying we're going to keep the black man down. It is them just operating in the system that is around them and I'm sure they considered you know apparently they considered flores semi seriously but the, but like everyone else well, we did. they did but like everyone else, they made their hiring decision prematurely at least at least in the in the structure of things and I know I know there's going to be an official paper paper trail electronic paper trail that covers their butts because they're not stupid but at some point someone in that organization who's a friend of bill belichick he one of them got in touch with the other they were having a conversation and he said hey, we're hiring dayball and he texted the wrong brian like that's that seems it's it's almost comical the way it happened but it's not, again, not surprising. I'm sure it's happened with almost every as, hire. As an
1: old guy like Belichick, we're pretty similar ages. And um, <laughs> I, totally, I totally make those mistakes over and over and over again. And it's crazy.
2: Well, like I said, I did it I literally the day before that story came out. I did it in like three consecutive conversations. And I almost just put the phone away for the day. But, <laughs> of course, my, my move didn't have this kind of consequences. But then, back back to my original question for you guys. What do you think? I mean, we know something has to be done structurally to change. Here's, Maybe is it Matt? Is the solution draft picks? I mean, that
0: seems kind of. So here's my so you yeah. know I love putting on my okay. my right. awesome. I, I can't wait to hear this. I, which I, hat? I got, which hat are you putting on now? Commissioner, Commissioner Baker. Oh, okay. Here's, here's what I do. I do two things. I'm, I'm. Let me be in the camera too. I do two things. One, I incentivize hiring of front office and and gm personnel not so much the head coach i i prioritize prioritize that first and i reward salary cap money for your team for hiring a minority gm right i'm not giving you the owner cash i'm not giving you a draft pick that you can ruin it on i'm giving you extra money to spend on your team and how much
1: money like a million two million i haven't
0: gotten there yet i haven't worked out the numbers yeah But i'm incentivizing that and i'm gonna give your team more money to spend now if you don't spend it that's on you as an owner i also am going to create some sort of um way to evaluate ownership and now if you are tanking if you are hey you're gonna hire a gm to check off a box i'm gonna give you an extra 10 you know, a 10 million on the salary cap and you're choosing not to spend it, you're consistently down here, you are not doing everything you can as an owner to put a winning product on the field, you're out. Because, right, players are held to a standard of the integrity of the league. And you know who isn't held to that integrity of the league standard is is ownership. And so I think you incentivize hiring the front office. And I know that's not the in-your-face camera like a head coach is but i think that's how you change that that network of i'm gonna hire who i know
2: i agree that's a great Great place to start i think the 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 problem implementing that stuff is the same problem they have implementing changes to help the coach hiring process so again i know you can i like i like the i like the salary cap incentive i think you have to keep it modest enough you know maybe like five percent Of the cap you know enough to sign a good player a really good player or an you know a couple extra you know lineup further down the lineup guys i i mean i i like the idea i'm not so sure go elaborate on the second half and i'll but i'll
0: finish tearing that apart it's the ownership i mean I, i i said this too and you guys you laugh at me but i still do like you change up how you draft you instead of rewarding failure in a draft hey I'm going to give you an extra 100 grand to lose so I get a better draft pick. Instead of rewarding that, it shouldn't be rewarded. You failed. Our goal in sports, it is a business, but our goal in sports is to win. And owners have lost sight of the winning. And they're like, I just want to win money. So don't reward poor ownership.
1: What well, do you mean, mean win money? What, what money do you win? Oh, you mean the attendance?
0: Well, well, you owners, get to it, you get so to pocket thinking.
2: money if you're not spending it on on players. Yeah, you get to pocket funny, that, that money.
0: That's, that's on them. But it, the yeah, thing but is then if, you
1: have less people in the stands if you're not putting a good product on well then
0: get rid of the owner. That's my get rid of that owner.
2: But you, you can't do it. It's
0: there. It's, there, it's there, if
2: they're the owner. That's, the, 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 owner. Problem. that's right. the problem. That's the problem. And they billionaires. Do that, no one ever tells them what to do ever.
0: Right. It, it's similar. It, no, I. I it's the similar only way to, to get guy. these
2: teams from them is with billions of dollars. And look, the it's, Broncos the whole, are going to sell for the Broncos are going to sell for four billion dollars. No, I, $4 billion. I get that. When I, Daryl, you remember this? In when Steinbrenner bought the Yankees from CBS, I, I he either paid two million or ten million. I can't remember. It wasn't much, though, right? But it was an, it was an amount where I remember going to my dad and saying you couldn't get enough people together. You get 50 of your friends together to buy the Yankees? How cool would that have
0: been? Anyway. <laughs> but I, I, I agree with you in like, it's not that easy. Just get rid it. But it's the same reason why politicians won't vote for term limits.
2: Exactly. With Congress, they are the co- owners of the Congress. And as long as they're making the rules they're going to make the rules to favor themselves right. I mean, imagine the poor congressman
1: after two terms would have to go and work a real job like the three of us no you know? so
0: but I just so i, I wish I, I, but I think that's how you would change it is is somehow some way wait till wait till all these owners die I don't know, but you need to change ownership and you need to get a you need to figure out a way to incentivize the winning for the ownership
2: you know how you know how you incentivize ownership to to do the right thing and this is again this is it comes from the bottom if people stopped buying tickets to knicks games yeah then eventually he would have to sell the team but people continue to sell out madison square garden to watch an underachieving team run by a buffoon and people continue to fill the MetLife Life to watch the Jets, and they'll do it next year to watch the Stinky Giants, and that's the problem is that the, the Blazers, the Blazers made a trade yesterday. They gave away Norm, and I, I understand it was a salary cap thing. It's Norman a for Powell? the future thing. They get, traded Norman Powell and Robert He's Covington. Good. He's great. They traded and Covington he, too, and Covington to the Clippers for uh, Justice Winslow. Eric Bledsoe, who's overpaid and has a four million dollar buyout for next year, Is he and,
0: older
2: than me. And sorry, what?
0: Is Bledsoe? He's been around for a
2: while. Is he older he, than me yet? He's uh, he's in his he's close, I guess. I'll, I'll look him up in a second. And uh, Keon Johnson, who was the twenty first pick, the guy from Tennessee, mm-hmm. was the twenty first pick in last year's draft. They did it to get to get under the the luxury tax, but they made this deal and. Still, they played Oklahoma City, the you know, one of the three teams in the west with a worse record than them last night. And there were the stadium, the arena was like three quarters full. People are continuing to spend money to support these teams. That's how you incentivize ownership. And I, all this external structure, I and I like these are two words I never use. Well, one at least, uh, it's kind of un American. I mean, they are, they are the owners of these businesses. They do have the right to screw them up as badly as they choose. The difference between owning a professional sports franchise and owning a hardware store is if you own a hardware store and you do it poorly, eventually your hardware store will go out of business. You can own a pro football franchise or a basketball franchise for decades and do it atrociously and mm-hmm. still make billions of dollars and the yeah. thing is too for the most of these owners the teams aren't they're, they're not businesses to make money they're not even trying they're probably losing money
1: no they're they're vanity things
2: exactly, exactly. but you know
1: what the, the problem is with fans deserting a a crappy team is You know, for these people that have season tickets, it's a big deal to hold on to your season tickets. I hold on to my UMass basketball season tickets, even though they're just a a terrible team year after year. I still live in the hope that one day they will get good again. And uh, plus, it's just really, it's honestly really exciting to go to uh, see it. When I saw Rutgers lose to UMass on a final second shot and then a week later Rutgers beats the number one team it's like you know to me basketball is just such a crazy fun game but we're in football right now
2: well in and, and you know how I feel about that sort of abject loyalty I think you've wasted a lot of hours in your life of your life in that arena
1: well that's an interesting discussion I mean but do you like so do you think that what about you and the Jets and Matt and the Giants have you guys wasted a lot of your life I disagree you do stuff that you like
2: but I haven't spent a dime on the Jets in I went last time I went to a game was 2004 14. It's been a long time since I spent money on a, on a NFL game at all. Yeah, I haven't been, I think I bought a hat maybe three years ago.
0: I haven't seen a game in years. I haven't been to a Yankee game in years. Um, I did. I mean, I can't even, I can't afford it to bring my family. So that's,
1: but that's, what's so fun about the um, new It's just, it's just fun. It's like, you know, 15 times a year, I get to go out with a friend and, um, you know, we get to watch something that we don't know the outcome of. It's it's great.
2: Well, the, the Knicks are coming to Portland uh, a week from today, actually. I can get a ticket for $6, and I'm wow. not going to go. Wow. Any other year I would have gone. And it's part COVID. It's part laziness. It's part apathy. I don't want to go watch a crappy team that's giving away all its best players. There's a chance that McCollum and Nurkic could be gone by the deadline, too. So and when's and they, the deadline? Like in another week? Thursday. It's Thursday Thursday of the week coming up this coming Thursday yeah so wow. like five five so we'll days see from a
1: now. lot we're gonna see a lot of deals
2: well this was kind of the first one the kind of the, the domino so uh, yeah but let's let's stick to football I, can we are we are we done with the can we jump to the there's
0: still a lot going on with it but no I think, I think it's pretty we interesting
2: well so so again my question is how is this daryl do you see that like what i don't i don't envision anything that's we've been trying to do this for 18 years with the cheesy rooney rule i think without something like matt's i i'd really like the salary cap incentive that i i agree that's a concrete one and it you know it rewards teams i the draft flipping the draft man you're just gonna destroy the competitive the best thing about the NFL. Now is that every two or three years we have a new set of teams in the championship? Yeah, games. but
1: yeah, but listen, you brought up the draft, and that's a big, big problem because in the NFL you can tank. Basketball is taking care of it to a degree, the tanking business,
2: but not football. Well, so, I, so I, do something similar. Do a lottery with, a, right. with the bottom four
0: teams. Right. I, I, I to me, almost the bigger news in this, is almost the the paying of Money to a coach to lose, you know the, the fact that it's a minority <laughs> coach. To- okay, well, so, this is if wait, you man, want to get you rid you of guys- an
2: owner. If you want to get rid of an owner, this is the avenue that you take. Right, you but so Steven you guys. Out of first off, do you guys believe this story? At one zillion percent, yes. It
0: hurts me to believe it, but I do, and and even-
1: and it really it 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 nags at the um, authenticity of the game. You know when we watch it. We believe that everyone's trying their hardest. Well, yeah. but do well, we, do, don't, we know that,
2: don't we know when teams are tanking at the end of the season? I mean, they have to do these things to keep it. But yeah, but see, they don't
1: do it in, in sports where they have a lottery system. They don't do it in basketball.
2: They don't. The Blazers they are do. doing it. No. The Blazers are doing it. They're trading away their four, four of their five best players. Yeah, so, they, so they're getting
1: – Yeah. So they're getting down under the salary cap. They'll be able to get new players.
2: No, but they're doing it to to try and get into the top three because this is such a top three heavy draft. So they want to get into one of the worst four, the bottom four teams in the in the league. Essentially, have pretty much an equal chance to get the top three picks. So the goal is to get into that bottom four. Teams still tank. They just do it a little more slyly and a little like you know. Part of the Blazers tanking was to shelf who's to have Damian lillard have surgery and i guarantee you that if nurkic is still on the team after the deadline he's going to come up with some mystery injury in about a week and his, his season will be over too because they are headed for the toilet that's the only only inference i can make from that from that deal yesterday so teams still tank i, I don't think that's that's really in dispute i think they try to you know especially in football sophisticated try to, Tried, they try to be, but they're obviously not. At least the Broncos and the Dolphins aren't sophisticated enough. <laughs> you can well, be sure I, if Kraft is, is if trying Bronco, to. Bro- I
0: was the Browns, not the Broncos, right? The Browns are the story with Hugh Jackson.
2: Oh no, there was a, oh no the Broncos the Broncos was the, Broncos was, uh, the hiring situation, right? Yeah. Right, it was it was yeah it was, way, yeah, it was Hugh Jackson, which is kind of comical
0: anyway, since Hugh Jackson had trouble winning games to begin with. It the NFL, I always thought was more protected in tanking than other sports, because the, the, as far as the players and the athletes go, I, I would think, and I've never played on an NFL level, but you're not going to go in there and, and half speed, you're going to get yourself hurt. Like you can't go in there, but I never, never would have fathomed an owner going to a coach saying, Hey, I want you to lose a game, like, and that's the difference. Coaches can lose games for you, bad ma- time management, bad play calls, bad. Andy scheme. Reed is famous you know, for putting it. putting guys in <laughs> putting guys in in the wrong positions to be successful. And, and and look like the Dallas Cowboys. Look at what they do. They you bring in a Dan Quinn, and and their defense turns around. That to me is a this is a that's a huge thing because there, like you said, I mean, think of all the money that's. Changed, changed hands in betting and now your owner has has is actively trying to lose a game how is that any different than pete rose
2: well
1: i i always that's did kind good. of no I that's always, a great point
2: though how is it any different than pete rose well pete rose bet for his own team pete rose never yes, bet against did. his team and that's, that's pretty gross you know, but it's completely the opposite of pete rose pete rose was at least betting on his own team never bet on his team to lose he bet on his team to win every Every betting slip they found with for Pete Rose, he bet for the Reds.
0: Yeah, you're right. Every
2: single one. So this and is exactly still, like it. today. That wouldn't even be an issue, would it? No, would. Well, they still can't bet. It. They still? still can't bet on the sport. Okay. In fact, I think in most sports they can't bet on any, any ath- They can't do any sports betting. But okay. I mean, if you're making the thing is now professional athletes make enough money where they don't have to supplement their income by either right. gambling or taking bribes from gamblers. Most of them, at least.
1: No, that's what's so hard to believe that people like Ted Williams used to have to take a, a, a winter job because they didn't make enough salary to live at a year
2: round. So, Matt, I, I think, you know, it's funny. Like, I, you sort of knew this was happening, but I always wondered what the actual conversations were, you know, because I, I, you assume that an owner isn't going to walk up to his coach and say, I want you to lose a football game, but the owner and management can send signals like there's no way even if Chauncey Billups has not had a single conversation with Joe Cronin who's the interim GM. He knows that the team's organization's plan is to send send them to the bottom of the standings. Mm -hmm. He can infer that from the things they're doing. He can infer that from the things they're saying in the press. I don't know, like, I, I I figure most cases are somewhere in between that phony scenario I just described and what Steven Ross did with Brian Flores, right? Like, there's some subtle messaging probably going on or an indication that, you know, there's a lot of other ways to direct it. Like, the, the ownership of the Blazers, upper management could have gone to the training staff and said, we want Damian Lillard. We want him out for the season. You know, this is the direction we want you to take his treatment. And then they offer the player options. What What do you want to do? You know, I I don't know. I don't, I I was always been curious as to how is that Lillard happened. Out for the season. He's um he had surgery on his abdomen. He's out at least until March fifteenth. They'll be reevaluated. re-evaluated. Yeah. Which at that point they're going to be. You know. 25 games out of first place, so there'll be no no need to bring him back. But, I you know I think like I said the the conversations are actually happening. I was always curious to see, so it's uh, it's shocking to see one revealed that's sort of this overt, and then the the one that huge Hugh Jackson described was a little more subtle, right? And that's the way I feel like most of these things go on. But it was still enough of a wink wink this is what you'll get if you mm-hmm. if you help us out here but i i think i think you're both naive to think that it it's not this isn't you know rapid in in every league yeah no there's I lots, mean, it, there's it, lots it, of ways it, to lose a football player. game too matt you can just rest your good you know you just rest your four best players
0: yeah but how often does that happen that doesn't happen the only time the only time i can think of uh, someone resting in, in, in football is if you're like, if you're a playoff team and you're resting week 17, 18 right, You've um, clinched. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, uh, that's the only thing, but for the most part, that's what I mean uh, in, in football, it's, it's, it's usually the, the player. I, I just, I would have never thought an owner would be trying to bribe a coach to take money for a loss. And I never would have thought a coach would take it like, and that's I. I've always said Brian Flores, he's a 500 coach, record-wise. But in Miami, this is not going to be a negative on Brian Flores. He's a leader of men. He's no other coach. What Brian Flores did two years ago with Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick, you would think is a death sentence for a team, meaning two is our starter. The game is close. It's the fourth quarter. We need a win. We bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick. We actually get the win. Two is our starter next year. That is not a recipe for success, right? But Brian Flores is a good communicator and guys respond to him and he's able to keep things together. He has a seven game losing streak this year and then an eight game winning streak. His team never quits on him. I cannot say that for the giants of last year, the giants quit on that coaching staff, which is why they're no longer there. And, but, and so, but I, I, prior to this story, you know, I pumped the brakes a little bit on Flores because my argument would be like, well, you know, all those things are true. He's still a 500 winning percentage coach in three seasons. Now you find out that the ownership wanted him to lose how good could he have been if he had ownership and management backing him, helping him with player personnel and making these choices? So, <laughs> you know, I just, I, I hope Brian Flores gets another shot because really I, I, I you know, it, it's, it's a tough from a legal standpoint. I'm not a lawyer. If we can get somebody on to, to speak to this, I don't know his chances in court. on on whether or not this is racial discrimination. I don't know how you can prove that legally.
2: Well, even if he does, what's what's the reward? Is he just get a bunch of money? And that doesn't seem... Right. I mean,
1: right now, Flores is putting himself in a position in which he may not be rehired. But I'm really proud of what he's doing. I'm really proud of it. It's like the most... It has the most chance of being successful... You know, in this big problem of a league that's well over 50% black with no black coaches and no
2: black owners. Well, one, one black coach still, still have Mike Tomlin, thank God. Yeah. But Who really I,
1: is a pretty good coach. I, I, I hated Roethlisberger so much
2: that I didn't yeah, yeah, give him yeah. much credit. But It would really... be nice to be able to root for the Steelers now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If I'm an NFL owner with a vacancy, I'd be frigging terrified not to hire him right now. Like I, if I'm, if I'm any one of the couple of teams that still have a vacancy, I'm making one phone call, doing one interview and hiring one person. And that's Brian Flores. If the, any team wants to cover their butts in this whole situation, that's what they have to do is hire this guy tomorrow, but they're running out of jobs. They keep hiring all these doughy white guys. Plus what he's done has made him really hard to be hired. Matt, every 37 year old white guy in the country is getting an NFL head coaching job. Why can't you?
0: I should put my name in. I should put do my it. Name in. I, I Well, no. Clearly, I, I was I was meant to be a commissioner, not a coach.
2: So. You'd be a better hire than Brian Dable.
0: No, is that, do do we want to go on that? I don't think it's a bad hire at all. I, I, I don't, don't think
2: I, I hate this. I hate the cliche that you use, but I don't envision Brian Dable as being a. I'm not even going to say it, but the the, uh, the leader of men. I just I think it's a. I, I, I think he's choosing. going to be a good coach. I I don't I don't I don't see anything other than a, a decent tactician. And I don't, I don't buy this whole import the whole Buffalo culture in with you. I had, uh, there were nine better choices out there.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think you. I th- he definitely. I, I think it's fair to say he was a top three. They, they, like I don't know. I, I we we had been going back and forth. I, I would have liked uh, Brian Dable. I would have liked Brian Flores to get the job. Um, you know. Uh, other, really, other than that, those are really the only two really guys I was really excited about. I thought Dan Quinn is a good coach. He can communicate to his guys. Um, but he was a defensive guy. And, and I liked Patrick Graham, who was their defensive coordinator. He's now going over to the, the Raiders with uh, McDaniels. But, you know, I, I, I don't, I, we'll see if Dable can be a head coach, but I don't think he's a bad hire at all.
2: I oh man I, oof, I if I'm the Giants I want somebody proven somebody stable and man they blew it they blew this one and they they All blew right. it they blew it even even bigger with their process which is right. again <laughs> kind of comical for the rest <laughs> of us to that? see
0: what what they had they gave they had their first round of virtual interviews with all their candidates. They listed off who their finalists were going to be. And it was the day before his in-person interview where Belichick had given the text. So right. you can't say he didn't have it. He, uh, he did have an interview.
2: He had, he, a 20 minute, finalist. he had a twenty-minute he had a twenty-minute Zoom interview, right? And that they all they gave them that, all twenty-minute Zoom Zoom interviews, and then they brought yeah, the other.
0: Well, again, that uh, I don't even know if we want to go there. I I don't know if you can call the process that the Giants did. I, I don't know. Other than I, I'll give you, and I don't know how you would dispute this. Joe Shane coming from the Buffalo Bills. Had his number one guy that he wanted to hire, and I think in any profession, any type, you're, anytime you're hiring somebody, you you go into it as a, a favorite, a candidate of a favorite. This is the guy; it's yours to lose. Right? like that's not necessarily meaning there's racial undertones involved in it. But like it,
2: you said that guy is always going to be the guy that's been in that position behind you and if we never put minorities right, in those positions right, and it, which it gets back it has, to, which gets
1: back to Matt's point about we need uh, black general men. But that
0: doesn't mean but there doesn't mean there was it was a racist process though.
2: No, but it does because it, it whether or not the intent or the outcome is race racially is racist it's that's what it is. And it's funny because we saw this effort to all right, well, we'll hire a bunch of coordinators. We'll hire a bunch of minority coordinators, and that'll get them to elevate. And now they're all right. stuck at the coordinator level. You look through for-
0: no, I, 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 you're right, and I'm not disputing. I do believe that there is an issue. But let me – I think the issue is the NFL. It's a process. Let me ask this, like, right – and here's – this is my mindset, and I could be wrong on this. If I'm at a bar and I, I find – uh, I see uh, an attractive woman, someone who looks good to me, right? I, I make a comment. Tread lightly, she, you're married. Uh, what? I said, tread lightly, you're married. He's cheating. He's cheating. That's okay. I, I, right? Mm. I, I, I try to talk to her. She's not feeling it. She turns me away. Okay, I try to buy her a drink. She doesn't do this. Right? Now I'm leaving the bar, and I one more time, I, I, I'm I persistent. I keep trying. Yeah, she's not feeling it, right? That might make me... A jerk that might make me a, a, a little sleaze bag that doesn't, I'm not, I shouldn't be accused of sexual assault or rape, right?
2: Where, where's the so connection I, here? This, I don't here. know, man. I'm losing the picture. Maybe, I'm, maybe yeah. I'm
0: wrong. I, we're going to, okay, you hired who you wanted, so you're racist. And that's where- No, 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 We're not saying that
2: everyone who makes these decisions has racist intent in their heart and hates black people. What we're saying okay. is that if you are part of a structure that continues to make these decisions over and over and over again, then you are part of a racist structure and a racist system. No one is saying that John Mara is a racist and has yeah. evil in his heart towards minorities. What we're saying is that the structure that these people continue to operate under has created a situation where the default is to just churn out more, like you said, crony hiring, and, right. and the, which is going to just keep being more and more white very people. Very
1: good summary. Very good summary. Now Fair. let's
2: pivot since we only have 10 minutes
1: left um, to what another racist issue, uh, China.
2: Yeah, we keep revisiting this. I watched six minutes of the women's hockey the other day. I, w- that's what i plan to watch is the hockey too i don't but i have no interest in the men's hockey because there's no nhl players i'll watch the women's hockey it's better I, hockey. They, men's hockey is usually really good yeah but the nhl players aren't there this year so is that that's the the kitsch value of watching olympic hockey for me yeah uh, uh matt are you going to watch
1: any olympics
0: yeah, we'll watch the Olympics. I mean, we're trying to teach the boys about it. Uh, we're keeping the, the China politics out of it, but we're yeah, trying yeah, to teach the boys about it. Well, the here's the thing. If, you're,
2: if you want to make, like, the problem with trying to make a political standout of not watching the Olympics, like, I can understand it just, like, from a distaste standpoint, but if you want to, if you're trying to make it as an economic statement, it doesn't mean anything because NBC's already there. They've paid their eighty mm-hmm. bajillion dollars or whatever. They're going to make their money whether you and I are watching and or people not. People are going to watch it. Yeah, and I I shouldn't have done this, but I have my DVR capturing everything, which probably counts to some sort of rating. So maybe I should just turn that off because I'm not really watching any of it. Yeah,
0: All I right, so- like
2: I said, literally watched six minutes of the U.S. Finland women's hockey.
0: Who won? That's
2: a good matchup. Yeah, US one. There um it's going to be, you know, US, US and Canada, Canada again. Yeah, which yeah. which I think to me the if I I could only watch one sporting event in a year, I would watch the US Canada women's hockey because they are the, the, it's really rare when there's two teams even internationally that are that sort of superior to everybody else. Right. And it's And
1: then the thing I've said this before, but the thing I really love about Um, olympic hockey is it's you often get into these situations where the two teams are skating uh, in overtime for the gold and the next goal wins it it's pretty exciting and And it can go on for a long time before that goal happens i mean to (laughs) me that's the most exciting thing in sports that i've ever seen
2: and my favorite thing about Olympic hockey is that the rink is so much bigger and bigger. there's there's so much more room behind the nets and on the sides. It just makes for a different game. And then you take out the fighting and the stupid, you know, the unnecessarily, you know, the unnecessary grabbing and hooking and tripping that comes along with that stuff. Again, much rather watch Olympic hockey, but. it's Amazing that fighting still exists in professional hockey. It's just amazing. You know, it's amazing that MMA exists. What the hell oh are we doing? God. What is
1: wrong? I mean, to me, that's a blight on our society. Like
2: uh, Matt, do you have
1: your kids watch that junk?
0: No, I, I never got into MMA. I don't. I, I never was into boxing. Just, I never.
1: No, it's vile. Oh god. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's the Fight Club.
0: Mix, mixed martial arts. I, I mean, I don't. I don't know enough enough about it. I. You know, I'm not. It, it's nobody's forcing the guys to get in the octagon if they are women it's
2: there i mean it's it's money but then there are plenty of fighters at lower levels that aren't making you know they're making 50 bucks a fight i just it is it's the closest thing to movie violence in real life i think that we have right because i mean even like and it's the most brutal combat sport it's just weird And unlike um, professional wrestling, it isn't fake, is it? No, it's It's 0% real. There's no
0: script at all. I mean, you're you're fighting. You're in there and you're yeah. And and
2: let's be careful about the professional wrestling is fake in that it's scripted, but the physical performances are legitimate. Like the, oh, yeah, no. Come on. No, Daryl. I mean, are they
1: good athletes? Yes, but it's like, it's pathetic.
2: No, they're, oh, they're, you've got, they're gotta watch the, they're be, they're no. beating, the, if you've ever seen it up close, Daryl, they are legitimately beating the crap out of
0: each other. These they just guys, know it's coming. It's scripted, it's it's all planned step by step. I'm gonna punch you, then you punch yeah. me. It, it's, yeah. it's I'm, gonna, I'm not, it's, I'm gonna it's,
2: hit you with this aluminum can lid, garbage can lid. That's a real aluminum garbage can lid. Like, I, Daryl, I, I have to, I, when I was a stagehand in Asheville, we worked, uh, a monday night raw right is what they call it yeah so we set up the ring and everything and then was we're, we're there for the whole show and <laughs> a couple of funny side stories but man i i was literally like six feet from the ring when some where some of the stuff was happening and it is it is legit and these guys are beat up after these shows but we were <laughs> we were in in the catering room having lunch so like hours before the show and it's funny, all the other, the rock show catering is all burgers and fries and garbage. The wrestlers have this awesome spread with salmon and grilled chicken and fresh salads and fruit and everything. <laughs> so it was delightful. So we're standing in line and one of my wise-ass coworkers workers I wonder which one of these bins has the, has the steroids in it. And John Cena, I don't oh. know how much wrestling you guys know. Yeah. yeah who's like 47 feet tall, was standing right behind him and looks looks down at him and pokes him in the chest and says, you look around this room. There's a lot of men in here who have friends and family who've died from steroids. And oh, the rest of us are all just sort of like backing away slowly from the guy like, oh, I don't know him. Don't know who he is. He's not one of us. But it just didn't it quite, didn't quite make his point about the room not being full of steroids to erupt in a rage instantly upon hearing someone <laughs> point out that there might be steroids under one of the chafing dishes. Anyway, my uh, WWE story. All right. So who's winning the Super Bowl? Cincinnati. That's what I think too. Just cause they're more fun to root for.
0: They, I, I was going to say, I, I will be rooting for Cincinnati to win. They are more fun to root for. I just don't know. Their offensive line really is bad.
2: Well, and anyway. anyway, the other thing is on the the domestic violence and assault scale, we on Cincinnati you've got Joe Mixon. I couldn't really find anybody problematic on on the Rams roster, so maybe we should all be rooting for for not Joe Mixon. Yeah.
1: Well, I think the thing that's that the lesson you see is how important a Joe Burrow is, Um, you know, a Matthew Stafford, all these top quarterbacks really make a difference
0: unless you're Tom Brady. And then the only difference is Bill Belichick.
1: Oh,
2: well, interesting, too.
1: Well, because- wait a minute. No, 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 no. Well, it, it was, you know, in Boston, all the Boston writers are, you know, Will Brady announced his retirement, and he didn't say anything about the Patriots. Well,
2: that was kind of screwed up. I, I, thought laughed. That was- I laughed about it. I thought it was I funny. thought it was kind of funny. But I, I'm amazed, guys, because he actually retired after our show, after we recorded last week. We made it 54, 54 minutes without talking about him. So thank you. Thank you both. I mean, that's
1: the thing. Like, can you imagine how much advertising we're going to see from Brady on whatever nutso oh, can pajamas, we, can we never? Additives? Can we never talk can about him again? We're going to see
2: him as much as always. Can we never talk about him again ever after today, please? Sounds fine to me. <laughs> Well, so are you are you now anti Brady because he didn't thank you?
1: No, no, I think it was just kind of funny. I just think it was
2: funny. I mean, he spent
0: oh, hilarious.
1: Yeah. I, I just thought it was funny because he spent 20 years here. He had tremendous success. You know, and his taking a low salary is what allowed the Patriots to build up the rest of their roster. He really did a wonderful help to the Patriots by never demanding
2: 35 million we talked about this a little bit last week, whether we thought he was going to retire. And I said, I just had, had never heard him say the things that he was saying about not playing anymore. Were you guys terribly surprised when he announced that or not? No, no. it seemed to be ready. It seemed well, to be it ready. also had sort of got leaked by everyone else except him.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I kinda, I, I, agreed with you, Joe. I felt his, his tone his what he was kind of the points he were hitting on. He had never said that he was satisfied after a football season before. Even well, when- you
1: know what's really interesting? I didn't realize this. His wife earns more money than he does.
2: Yeah. yeah. Even yeah. when like her he career and her career
1: he never- will last and- a lot longer too. Yeah. Sometimes. And so why does he keep working when he's got kids?
2: Come on. You know? Well, and he's you and I know this, Daryl and Matt, you'll learn it soon. Mid forties are tough. It's when the, the decline starts to steepen. Drastically, well, so
1: there's actually, I think it happens in the late twenties. There's a yeah. switch in your muscles um, where you don't have the fast twitch anymore.
2: Well, then there's you know. another one. I feel like at like 42 to 46 for most people, at least for men, where your your decision your decisions lifetime of decisions starts to catch up with you a little bit. Mm. You know whether they're bad habits or bad you know yeah. treatment of your body like i'm starting to pay the price for every every sit-up i didn't do when i was 25
0: well i'm 37 and i'm paying that starting to pay that price now uh,
2: i think <laughs> i like
1: everything my else, payment is uh, i loved alcohol too much
2: I, I think like everything else matt you're each generation successive generation goes through everything faster than the ones before like, you know, kids grow up faster. I think yeah. people are going to age faster. I think maybe even our lifespans are going to start shortening again, although that could happen drastically. Well, it's people. crazy. Matt, do you notice how
1: big third grade girls are? Uh, they, no. It just seems to me because first and second graders are kind of tiny. Third yeah. grade girls get to be huge. You know, yeah, I just think they're maturing quicker.
0: Well, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that definitely is is true. I mean, I, I now in in the in, in school I'm in now, we teach up to fourth grade. And fourth grade students in general, they're, where they think their maturity level is isn't always where it, it <laughs> needs to be, I
2: guess. Gee, unlike us. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't know if it was just a product of getting older, but every time I see a bunch of kids that are, you know, whether they're 6 or 14, I'm like, I don't remember kids when i was that age kids being that size but who knows. yeah memory's a liar anyway well listen
1: thanks a lot to um all the people listening to our uh, show we really do appreciate it and we'll see you again next
2: week thanks everybody have a good week